Oh, behave. 69. Stop. <laughs> he doesn't say 69. I'm pretty sure. Why is that a cornerstone of your he Austin Powers impression? I'm pretty. The movie opens. He takes up and he goes 69, <laughs> baby. <laughs> You're thinking of Bill movie. and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I think. Is that not what we watched? 69, dude. And they say, does that make you horny, baby? And then Austin Powers comes <laughs> up in the TARDIS and he's like, We've got to go to the future to save your parents <laughs> or your children. And then they fly in the DeLorean and then Biff gets, runs to a bunch of, pa- a bunch of fertilizer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline Danger McMurray. And this is the special 69th episode extravaganza of No Nerds Allowed, and does that make you horny, baby? What else does he say? Does he have any other catchphrases besides Oh Behave and Does That Make You Horny, Baby? I'm trying to remember. That's not my bag. Don't say, don't say 69. 69. Um, oh, I should get this on the podcast also. Don't do this. This isn't funny. This is shh, a good shh, content. Shh, shh. Jackson loves to fucking... No, shh, don't tell him what it is. Cup. What do you think that is, listeners at home? It's a LaCroix can. Shush. And it's, wow, the momentum. This is the sexual content you were looking yeah, for. Yeah, this is the wall that our podcast is From the 1960, into. not 1969, from the 69th episode why of No Nerds Alive. Why doesn't he come from 1969? It's 1967. Because it was 30 years from when the movie came out. A missed opportunity. So anyway, we watched, I was trying to think if there was a longer title well i was trying to think if there was a longer version of the word austin or the name austin so i could like make it sound fancy but ostentatious there's not really anything funny you can do to the name austin powers no like i was trying to go for the rob schneider making copies gag but like austin powers there's not a lot to do with ramona flowers that is austin powers a name that half rhymes i guess if that's what you're going for Flowers and The powers. first part doesn't rhyme, Definitely though. Rhymes. But the first parts don't. So it's not a total. Not a total. What if her name was Costin Flowers? A beautiful girl's name. Jackson, I'm going to kill you. That's how I illustrate. I'm going to bury you <laughs> in the ground. That's how I illustrate that it's time to move on to a new bit. I'm going to throw... I'm going to... Who owns LaCroix? I'm going to throw them into a river. Ah, you're drinking a soda, too. Yeah, but I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper, and I opened it before the podcast started. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It wasn't open. I did have an extended bit where I just <laughs> flicked the soda can into the microphone. If you did, I would accommodate you. You would not have. You, you could try it. No, do it. No, my, it's open now. Go get a new one. Do you want me to spill Dr. Pepper? Do an extended Pepper? bit. No. Do an extended bit right now. And Watch how this, friendly this... I'll be. <laughs> I'll be so friendly. <laughs> My name is Jackson McMurray. We already did this. (laughs) (laughs) So, Austin Powers is a film. It is. That came out in 1997. Did it? A comedy. Which usually is a red flag. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which usually means... mm. Means you're probably going to be uncomfortable (laughs) at a certain point. (laughs) This, but I am always surprised at how much the first Austin Powers movie mostly holds up. 
like politically. Yeah. Like there are very few things that I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if that would really fly today. Cuz you know, anytime you watch a comedy movie that was made before like 2004, yeah. There's always going to be one spot where you're like, "Oh, ooh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, cool." It's just like No, Jackson, it's better. It's back before <laughs> everything had to be politically correct. Before cancel culture. And you had to think before you said anything. This was this movie was produced in the year 13 BC, by which I mean 13 years before cancel culture. <laughs> Why did cancel culture start in 2004? In 2000, probably like 2010, I would say. I would say that's when we started doing cancel culture. It's still pretty bad. I'm trying, I don't know, what was the first big cancellation? Kevin Spacey, maybe. That's, 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 that's not recent. right. Yeah, that's yeah. too recent. I'm trying to think if there was like a high profile cancellation before Kevin Spacey. To me, in my memory, that feels like the big one that was like, this is a thing now. That was like the beginning of the Me Too movement. You can no longer just be weird and gross anymore. (laughs) Right. It's like, that's when the Me Too movement started. Yeah. When people were canceled before me. Bill Clinton? (laughs) What do you mean? Bill Clinton got canceled. (laughs) In what way did you mean? (laughs) When he got impeached? Yeah, because he loved him so many lives. Okay, so then I guess this is... Being impeached is the... Is the most canceled, canceled that you can get. Well, not really, because you still get to be president. I guess that's fair. Unless you're Richard Dixon or Bill Clinton, but I guess... They resigned. Yeah, but after they got... Well, Nixon yeah. was before he got impeached. No, nobody has ever been removed from office. Yeah, no, I know that. But Nixon I'm... and Clinton both got impeached, and then they were... No, no, Clinton didn't even resign. He just waited it out. He was like, oh, sorry... Sorry, my bad. Okay, yeah. I'll take one on the chin for that one. Oops, I did it again. (laughs) And then he just... I I think he just... Did he have two terms? And then he faded away. I think he just didn't run for re-election. I don't know. Nixon resigned. I don't think Bill Clinton resigned. I'm like 80% sure Bill Clinton just lasted it out. Do you think when Nixon heard about Bill Clinton getting getting out of the office, you think he's like, man, I should have... Should have done more. I should. <laughs> should have done more before I resigned. Like... <laughs> I should have slept with somebody or something. Um, but yeah, no. And w- w- as far as I can tell, like what I what I was saying to you earlier was that the first two Austin Powers movies, which we've both seen mm-hmm. now, um, like they're sort of an inverse because the first one politically, socially holds up fairly well. Yeah. But like the Hubert, excuse me. Yeah. But, like, the humor in it is, like, kind of hit or miss, just in terms of, like, how well it ages, you know? Yeah. Because we don't think the same things are always funny in 2020 as we did in the 90s. Yeah. So it's like, uh, well, you know. Well, like, it's like the difference between a joke being told for the first time and then yeah. now, 20 years later, 30 years later. But it's like, like oh. this movie's very into the whole, like, joke going on for way too long thing. Yeah. Which we sort of graduated from probably about five or six years ago. Yeah. Uh... Because, like, the whole gag is, like, the the kid starts talking and Dr. Evil's like, shh, shh, hey, no, shh, hey, yeah. shh, shh, and then it goes on for, like, ten minutes, yeah. and, like, that's the joke. Like, it gets funnier the longer it goes on. And that's the funnier on. of that style Yeah, joke. because yeah. the joke is how long it's going on, and that's what's funny. Yeah. And, like, that was all the rage in 97, and really funny and effective, but just in terms of, like, what we still think is funny, like, we're kind of, we've kind of moved yeah. on from that type of joke. Now we want somebody to shoot a guy and then look in the camera and be like, uh, Chimichanga. Like Deadpool. Like Deadpool. <laughs> um, 
But what I was going to say was that Austin Powers 2, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Wait, hold on. I was going to say, we like to make fun of... Wait, no, stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just like a... Like, we like to make fun of... Like, I think it's funny when we try to, like, make fun of, like, what people think is funny. Like, oh, that's so basic or that's so stupid. It's like, right. you go back to the 20s and, like, a guy getting hit with a ladder was, like, the funniest thing <laughs> yeah. on the planet. No, that's still funny, though. Well, it's like, it's just like, oh, our modern comedy is so elevated and so <laughs> twisted. And it's like, wh- whatever. <laughs> no, I don't think it's, like, better or, like, further evolved. I think yeah. it's just something gets popular, but then it sort of wears out its welcome and it has diminishing returns and we move on to something different. Like, yeah. something else is funny for a while. Yeah. And then once something else is funny for long enough, maybe it'll come back around and we'll think Austin yeah. Powers is super funny again. Man, if somebody today just, like, came up with just, like, a true screwball comedy, I think yeah. it would do really, really well. No, yeah, and I think that, like, I mean, like I said, I watched The Naked Gun a little while ago. Mm-hmm. That r- movie rules. Yeah. <laughs> like, that movie is still really funny. And I wonder, I can't help but wonder if that movie would have been as funny in 2002 as it is now, you know? Yeah. Like, it feels like we've come back full circle on the airplane naked gun style comedy. Yeah. Um, which is such a bummer. You remember Angie Tribeca? I do. It was a show on TBS that ran for like three seasons and nobody watched it. Yeah, I always, see, that was one of the shows, so I was like, that looks pretty funny. Like, every time a trailer came up, I was like, that looks really funny. I should watch that. Yeah, and well, we, I don't know, I watched it for a while. It was good, because it was totally just that. It was yeah. like one-liner, slapsticky, like, Smothers Brothers comedy. Yeah. Zucker Brothers, I mean. Who are the Smothers Brothers? Thinking of Smuckers Jelly? Smuckers? The Zucker Brothers are the ones who directed Naked Gun and Airplane. Anyway. But it was, like, written and directed by Steve Carell and Rashida Jones was the lead. And it was, like, I can't think of any good jokes. But it was totally, like, that same exact style. And, like, it just didn't really land. And, like, it was popular enough to get, like, a few seasons, but it never really took off. And it was just a bummer, because it was a funny show, and I thought people would be into it, but they kind of weren't. Yeah. And I think if you started it today, it would be a different climate, you know? Yeah. Well, because I, I learned about this with food class, but, like, screwball comedy, like, came out of censorship. And, like, censorship was try- starting to ease up, so they're like, we can we can make jokes about more stuff, and we can get a little bit more edgier with our comedy, but still right. kind of stick in with the slapstick feel of it still. Because a lot of, like, when you, like, some like it hot. Like, that's all right. about, like, gender and, like, men dressing up like women, which was, like, oh Right. Taboo back then. So, I think, I don't know, with, like, modern, like, we talk about, like, cancel culture and, like, being politically correct. I don't know. I think screwball comedy does kind of have its place in, like, quote-unquote censorship nowadays, right, right. you know? And I think that there is something to be said about Austin Powers being a PG-13 comedy mm-hmm. and how far out of their way they have to go to not quite break the rules. Because yeah. there's that whole repetitive... Repetitive is the sounds bad. The yeah. whole, like... Repeated. Reoccurring, like, visual bit where people are naked and they're getting up and walking around and people just happen to be covering up their genitals with this, that, or the other, and they do a whole bunch of goofy gags with that. And it's like, that is very much in the same style of, like, brushing up against censorship and, like, how much can you imply while still technically getting away with it, you know? Like, it's very much in the same vein of, like, bending the rules of the PG-13 rating, you know? Well, it's like, even when that scene when, like, the lady's in the hot tub and, like, her boobs are, like floating on the water (laughs) right yeah you can't see her nipples but like she's naked yeah but i also i think at least at that time you could definitely for sure show some boobs in a pg-13 they just chose not to for whatever reason yeah 
I feel like at a certain point, it's like, if you start actually showing nudity, it sort of, like, muddies the waters of, like, is this funny? Or, like, are we just supposed to look at her boobs? Or, like, yeah. what's going on? Like, <laughs> we're, we're making jokes about sex, but at what point is it just sex? <laughs> right. Like, at what point do you, does it start to dilute the, the comedy elements of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this movie, as much as I, like, said, I don't, like, think it holds up in terms of, like, all the jokes. Mm-hmm. Because, like like I said, I think those extra-long jokes just end up being kind of exhausting now. Yeah. But still, I think that, like, just this movie, as a movie, feels really good. Oh, yeah. Like, the performances and the production design are fun, and, like, it's just a cool movie to, like, hang out and watch, you know? It's yeah. still... It still feels good. It still, like, visually holds up, and it's, like, you get what they're going for, and it's, like, yeah. really sort of confident, and you're, like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll still I'll yeah. still go in for this. I mean, I just, I love, like, all the bits in the 60s where they're kind of making fun of the 60s. Of, yeah. Like, it's, like, oh, we're all on drugs, and we're all having sex, ha, ha, ha. But, like, the, like, the 60s, like, looks so pretty. Like, the way they're, like, <laughs> right. the costuming, and it's kind of a joke that everyone's, like, running around, and he's, like, leading a parade. But it's just, <laughs> right, like, yeah. it's, like, visually appealing. <laughs> yeah. So much so that it, like... It kind of adds, it, like, this looks nice, like, it just gets so ridiculous because it, right. like, looks nice, and also Michael Myers is just dancing around in the middle <laughs> right, of the street, yeah. like, it works. And that sequence is so great, because it's not, like, laugh-out-loud funny jokes, but it's just, like, Mike Myers being a goofball and making yeah. funny faces, <laughs> and everybody around him acting like he's the coolest guy in the yeah. world is pretty funny. Um, and he's, like, running, he's, like, leading a marching band, he's, like, pumping his fist it's up like in the Ferris air. It's Bueller. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Um, and like, and so, okay, I have some thoughts about sort of the political ideologies of this movie. Yeah. Because it's very interesting to me. Did you think we were going to talk about politics on the Austin Power? <laughs> I don't necessarily mean, episode? I don't necessarily Porkola. mean like politics, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean like the way it interacts with the real world. Yeah. Because its take seems to be that like. First of all, the whole gag they do where it's like, oh, I'll come back to life when greed and corruption are back again or whatever. Yeah. And it's like cut to 1997. It's like kind of the laziest version of political commentary. Yeah. Where it's like you could kind of do that at any time ever and, and people would be, would be like, like oh. oh, ho, ho, ho. It's like saying in this economy. Yeah. It's like not really anything, but it kind of feels like something. But it's kind of like, I like how they skip over the 80s. Yeah. Which was. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, and there's a certain thing to be said about, like, the late 90s being sort of a peak of the, like, hedonistic sort of capitalism where Reagan. it's like. But it's not even. No, I mean, like, in the late 90s specifically, like, the state of, like, advertising and, like, That's commercialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of. Like, that was sort of the tipping point where we started to be contemptuous of, like, corporations and such yeah. you know i think there's something to be said about that our sort corporations of corporations stop being our friends yeah but it started twitter <laughs> but um i think there is something to be said about like it's interesting basically what i think is hilarious is that they think of the version of the 60s that austin powers is coming from it being this like oh this place where everybody is so excited about peace and about, like, the, you know, experimenting with drugs and sex and not being into monogamy and wanting to experience the world and rebelling against everything, you know? Mm -hmm. Which was very much a part of a certain sect of people in the 60s, but 
the movie seems to postulate that that's what everybody and everything was like in yeah. the 60s, which is not, it was like, it was a countercultural movement. Yeah, it was very much like another culture that they are <laughs> Right, yeah. And it's so funny that it's like, oh, like, isn't, isn't it so crazy looking at the difference between the 60s and now? Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, it's not really that different because if you look at the countercultural movements of the 90s that you're kind of choosing not to pay attention to in this yeah, movie like punk rock and yeah all that stuff. like yeah. it that would look a lot more like this movement in the 60s did but yeah, you're yeah, choosing yeah. to compare the countercultural young people's movement of the 60s to the regular corporate america in the 90s which is yeah. like not you can't really compare those that way no I mean, that being said, I do really like his line at the end where he's like, we've got freedom and responsibility. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's nice. I like that. that is, yeah, I was going to say, and I was going to bring that up because that is sort of salient. Like, he says like, yeah, okay, you know, anonymous, unprotected sex, probably not the best idea. Fair enough. We'll take that one. Yeah. But like, it doesn't, that's not the point, you know? Yeah, he's like, if we known that like drugs and sex would catch up to us and we would all die because of it, then we would have done something else, but it would have <laughs> right. been the same. Yeah, it, whatever we had done, it would have still been like the spirit of rebelling against the man yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which I, I don't know. I like too. I think that's a salient yeah. idea. I just wish that this movie talked about more of the countercultures of the time rather than just the countercultures right. of the 60s. And they're almost like, you know, it's like the Dr. Evil's son is like wearing a Kurt Cobain t-shirt and seems yeah. to be very much like a grunge movement kind of kid. And it's like, what about comparing like Dr. Evil's son to Austin Powers? Yeah, why you know? don't they team up Like the that's sort of a, that's an idea that I think is worth exploring. I mean, not that this movie is going out of its way to, to really, <laughs> to really comment on the moment or anything. Yeah. But like, I don't know, if it were, I think that would be an interesting dynamic to like examine because yeah. he he represents the the movement of the moment the that new is generation yeah um but anyway also it's funny when uh he stands up and there's a magnifying glass in front of his penis yeah, that <laughs> that's also funny um do you have anything else to say Adeline? i just feel like i've been talking no, you're for good, too no, long you're good. as a whole man I gotta say, like, because the joke at the beginning is that, like, Austin Powers is, like, this irresistible sex machine. <laughs> right, But yeah. it's the joke is that he's kind of unattractive <laughs> yeah. in every way. But, I mean, like, when he's taking out with, like, Vanessa, and she's like, I'm not gonna have sex with you, and he's like, mm, like, just a little microaggression. <laughs> right, so. yeah. That's the one part that's, like, e yeah. But in but terms get... of, like, what it could have been and, like, what movies in the 90s felt like, oh, yeah. that oh, feels yeah. like a huge win. Oh, yeah. But, like, what I hate about it is that, like, that scene, like, where they're, like, playing Twister and she's just, like, drunk in bed. I hate how genuinely sweet that moment is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's genuinely, like, a really good, like, emotional beat. And he's like, oh, I'm not, like, I'm a sex machine, but it's, like, it's talking about consent. Yeah. It's like, I, won't, I don't want to have sex with you because you're not in your right mind. But also, like, I just, like, I care about you and I think you're cool and I'm going to yeah. go. And it's like, oh, it's so sweet. My take on that is that I feel like this was a time when people were first starting to do the thing where they're like, if you think about it, James Bond's kind of messed up. He's a little rapey. Uh, but it's like it, people are starting to be like, oh, yeah, those old, like, Sean Connery James Bonds are pretty... Pretty bad. Pr pretty rough. But I I feel like, at least to me, that plays more like a joke. Like, isn't it so funny that he doesn't want to rape the lady? <laughs> you know? That's how it feels to me. Because I also think, in that scene, 
like, I think a lot about, like, goofy comedies like this, Mm -hmm. and, like, the hot women who are, like, the second lead in them, Mm -hmm. and how they never get to be funny, and how that sounds like the worst role in Hollywood. You get to be the attractive woman in a comedy, like, great. Yeah, that sounds like the worst job ever. Um, and this movie is very much that, because he's got, like, his secret agent, yeah. like, partner who... I mean, that, I feel like that's kind of an occupational hazard, though, because, like, yeah, well, they're yeah. doing a spy movie. And, like, of course they could have done something more, but, like, you're, it's for, it's a comedy, so there has to be an attractive lead, and we're also making fun of James Bond, so there has to be a female <laughs> right, attractive yeah. lead. Right, yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's true. But it's also, like, I think that the gag of... I think that scene weirdly plays more sincere than it's meant to be, if yeah. that makes sense. Because before, the gag is that Austin Powers keeps making all these stupid jokes, and she's just dying laughing at them. Yeah. And, like, the joke is that they're not funny. Like, the one that comes to mind is like, well, that's you in a nutshell, isn't it, Austin? And he's like, no, this is me in a nutshell. How did I get in this nutshell? It's, like, the worst <laughs> joke yeah, ever. Sucks. And then, but, like, the joke is that she just dies laughing at like, it. Like, she's drunk. Yeah. And, like, I feel like they don't let her actually take that far enough to actually be funny, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like if they... She doesn't get to actually fully be the comedic heavyweight of that scene like she should be. Yeah. Because they're kind of uncomfortable with letting the woman, like, really be the one who's getting the laughs, you know? Yeah. Do you feel that at all, or am I just... I... I... uh, Hmm... I think I think yours is an interpretation. I don't think it is the interpretation. Like I don't know. It felt like I think you're right that maybe it was supposed to be played more for goofs than it ended up actually seeming. Or maybe it was in 1997, right? Just not in 2020. But like just thinking about like that scene, it's like I don't know. I feel like if the interpretation was what you were saying, I feel like she wouldn't be drunk in this scene. But the fact is that she yeah, is maybe. drunk in the scene. Like, if she's like, oh, she's suddenly just super enamored with him, and she's laughing at all this stupid <laughs> shitty things right. because it's awesome powers. No, the fact is that she's drunk, and so I think that changes maybe. the interpretation of the scene. I had something else to say about 60s James Bond, but now I forgot what it was. Sean Connery. Um, I also, okay, I just, I need to call you out. Okay. Because you didn't really laugh very much at a lot of vagina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the best joke in the movie. <laughs> the, like, other bad guy sexy lady spy's name is a lot of vagina. Yeah. And, like, a direct parody of Pussy Galore from Goldfinger. Yeah. And I think that's well, it's hysterical. I didn't, I didn't know Pussy Galore <laughs> was the name of somebody. <laughs> and I just think a lot of vagina is so good that's really good now that i did there was so many pussy galore (laughs) yeah um but yeah and like one of the things like looking at this movie in 2020 when the state of like studio comedies is so dire oh yeah like there's something about the fact that this movie so many of the jokes in it are like really baked into it you know Mm -hmm. like it's something that you had to plan for and build props for and storyboard to like execute this joke fully whereas like now nowadays yeah these days it's greed and corruption rules (laughs) and (laughs) in this economy skewed humor um but like everything whenever you get like a big like mainstream comedy it's always, like, all the jokes are just, like, the actors, like, kind of riffing on the day. And it's, yeah. like, 
And it's not that it's lazy or anything. It's clearly, like, what they're trying to do. Yeah. And it is a style. It's a style that Adam McKay, like, sort of pioneered, and he was so good at it, and those movies all rule so much that, like, people wanted to emulate it. But now that's, mm-hmm. like, the only kind of comedy you can get made. because yeah, it's like dialogue-based. By definition, those movies are really cheap to make just because of what they are. So that's the only thing that people want to do. And so now, like, every studio comedy seems to be, like... Baywatch, where it's just like, what if we got, like, Jonah Hill and Zac Efron and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and they can, you know, just show up and kind of do some bits on the day, and we'll call it, we'll call it there, and, like, we'll have some story that's, like, kind of humorous, we'll, like, get some hijink. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, the gags aren't, like, produced, you know? Yeah, no, it's all dialogue-based. Yeah, and that's what I love so much about Game Night, um... You still haven't seen Game Night? I still haven't seen I'm going to kill you. I know it's like your favorite I've movie. watched it with mom and dad like three times. How have you not been there all three of those How, times? Wait, when? All the time. I don't know. We watch Game Night pretty frequently because it's the best movie ever and it's really good. I've never been in the house when you've watched Game Night. When did you watch it with mom and dad? I don't remember. Over the last three years, we've put it in and watched it like three times. Um, but like that is a movie that feels like a fully produced movie that exists on its own outside of the fact that it's a studio comedy you Mm -hmm. know it like has a visual language and an aesthetic to it and like isn't just somebody setting up isn't just judd apatow setting up a camera and being like and go and funny (laughs) do it there's a weird thing with modern comedies that it's like it has to be a quote-unquote modern comedy. Like, it has to be, like, people in 2019 or whatever sitting down and having a conversation. Like, right. it just has to be all dialogue-based. Like, and I think just, like, with the movies that we've watched recently, like, Austin Powers is like, we're gonna do aesthetic things. And we're gonna <laughs> right. do, like, film choreography. And we're gonna, like, like play around with stuff and, like, make fun, like have a conversation about the 60s while also making a lot of penis jokes. It's like, that's <laughs> right. great. Let's do that. Instead, now it's just like, oh, I, I, Twitter on Facebook, Martha said that. <laughs> right. On the, and we're a Sunday brunch. Uh, when will I find a man? Like, you know, yeah, like it's Bad just, Mom's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it's all very, not to say that dialogue based humor isn't, like, isn't funny anymore. Because right. it is funny. Like, and that's the thing is that, like, some people do it really well. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I don't know. We're all talking about Eurovision right now. That's exactly what that's like. Yeah. It was pretty good, pretty funny. Like, it works, and I like yeah. it. I mean, like, all of those, like, like best in show is that, too, where it's, like, it's all pretty much dialogue. Right. Yeah, kind of, I mean, that's sort of a different animal, though. Yeah, that, that's Because true. not only was that in, like, 1998, but also it's, like, a mockumentary. That's and, fair. Just of what I remember of it, like... It, there's not a lot of like choreographed jokes. Like yeah, no, that's true. But yeah. that's sort of baked into the cake of a mockumentary style, yeah. you know. But it still it fits in this category. Yeah, it's sure. a Venn diagram, but All it right. fits into this category. Well, now I don't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> Sorry, because <laughs> you had to challenge, you had to mansplain comedy. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it just it feels so nice to be like, oh. Someone had to build a prop for that joke. Yeah. Someone had to, like, storyboard to make sure this joke lands exactly the right way. Or, like, even, like, the costumes that, like, the women are in. Like, I was kind of thinking, like, we talked about, like, being this, like, side woman that has to be pretty not funny sounds like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> right. But I think being an extra in Austin Powers would be so much fun. It's like, here's right. a crazy outfit that someone, yeah. like, spent a lot of time in. 
and just like have fun over here and then that's that's your day I'm yeah like, that sounds fun i would that sounds fun and that's i think that's the funniest thing about this movie is how especially in the flashback sequences but like more and more in the body of the movie mm-hmm. how much like everyone just treats austin powers like he's the funniest most charismatic yeah. <laughs> sexiest man on the planet at all times yeah. and everybody loves him yeah. it's so good and like that's what we were talking about in that like opening dance sequence is everyone is just like so all in on austin yeah. powers <laughs> and every time he does something stupid or like sticks his butt out or whatever yeah. everyone's like oh my god <laughs> it's so good see i just don't know how this film like got away with like just being the first austin powers movie like i don't know how you establish austin powers right basically. yeah and they kind of don't they kind of <laughs> act like you've always known who austin yeah. powers is and i think that's why it's so effective and why people loved it so yeah. much because he's just this ridiculous character and like like you get it immediately right. like there's nothing to explain it's awesome powers he's a british ugly man who everybody loves and thinks it's the hottest guy alive and you're like all right got it and like the way they introduce him is so funny because it's like you start with dr evil and they're making their evil plans and there's like kind of a joke in it but it's like not all the way funny yet and then you cut to like outside and it's just like Mike Myers shows up in a wig with dentures. He's just like, yeah! <laughs> and literally you're like, there he is. This is the guy. This is the guy we're talking about. <laughs> and then it just goes from there. Like, you don't need to know much else. Yeah. Um, I also think, like, this movie, in terms of, like, parodying and satirizing James Bond, uh-huh. first of all, I think it's just a really astute observation that it's like, oh, James Bond was, like, this English guy from the 60s who's, like... But it's, like, the in, like, metropolitan London in the 60s. Like, this was very much more what it was like. It was more like this, like, free love, like, hippie yeah. whatever. Like, that particular area. It's, like, in all reality, like, wouldn't James Bond be more like this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like... Well, it's, like, the... We've talked, like... That, like, free love is the counterculture, and James Bond is weirdly a part of the mainstream Right, culture. yeah. And, I don't know, I guess he's a government official. He probably <laughs> would have been a part of the mainstream culture, but, yeah. like, still. <laughs> yeah, but, like, and I think I think that's just a smart observation. But I feel like there are some times where they just go for the low-hanging fruit when it comes to making fun of James Bond. Yeah. Like, that whole gag where it's, like... Oh, I'm going to put you in a in a slowly descending thing and then not make sure you're dead or whatever. And the son's like, "Why don't you just shoot him?" Yeah. Is like very much like a when you think about it. Have you ever thought about how like bad Dude, guys? James Bond uh, is messed up. If you really think about it, I I do that bit on Twitter about yeah. whenever something is like trending, I just type like. You know, if you think about it, Hamilton's actually pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... It's always true. And, and, well, it's because it's true of everything. Yeah, Everything's kind of messed up if you think about it. Yeah, you is kind of messed up. Which is why I love that joke so much. Yeah. But every time there's somebody who doesn't quite get it, <laughs> like, at one point I typed, if you think about it, Last Airbender's kind of messed up. And, like, two people commented and were like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, you don't get it? <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> I think I actually, I finally, I pinned the tweet where I said my New Year's resolution is to tweet about which classic movies are actually kind of messed up if you think about it. <laughs> so hopefully it'll redirect them there and be like, oh, now I get the bit. No, I get it, I get it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what I'm saying is if you think about it, Austin Powers was kind of messed up. Kind of messed up. Um, 
But, uh, oh, but the thing I love that they do in this is how, like, perfectly they satirize how, like, everybody in a James Bond movie is always an outrageous racial stereotype. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. At that scene in the UN where there's all the people and just every country like has two men in a suit and then behind the two men in a suit is people and just like the most stereotypical (laughs) like an Italian guy who looks like a gondolier and like a Scottish guy in a kilt and there's like like, a cowboy yeah it's like a guy in a turban with robes there's like they have like a salsa dancer like behind this man. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> that that is what it's like. It's like it's a small world. I mean, even Will Ferrell in the Fez. Yeah, is really good. Will Ferrell as like a Middle Eastern guy in a Fez is like such a perfect little yeah. like. <laughs> I, it's like in every old movie that's like not quite like. There's always a guy in a face. There's always, like, an Egyptian guy in a face yeah. who's, like, an assassin. Yeah. Even in Casablanca, there's just, like, a guy in a face, and he, like, does something. I don't know. I don't remember what happens in Casablanca. It's weird that we stopped doing faces in movies. Yeah. Um, Jack, Doctor Who. <laughs> That's right, yeah. He wears a fez. Fezes are cool. Fezes are... Um... <laughs> where are we at? Okay, so we're, like, 35 minutes into this episode. Yeah. Running out of things to say yeah. about Austin Powers. I had a thought about something completely unrelated that I can say if you want me to. Uh, I guess. Well, because we were talking about the evolution of movies and, like, thinking of, like, comedy from, like, versus the past versus now. And, I mean, I always think about that with, like, in terms of horror. And I think we've had this conversation on the podcast before. Like, how, what, what was scary in, like, the 20s is just, like, not scary at all nowadays. Right. And I think that's so weird. But, like, I don't know... Like, what would the reaction be to, like, the opposite? Like, if you just, like, took a horror movie film today and just, like, showed it to people from the 20s. Right. Like, well, like would they actually think it was scary? Yeah, would they think it was scary? Or would they just, like, not understand it? Or would it be, right. like, oh, horrifying? Like, I just don't know what, yeah. like, what the reaction would be. There's, a, I mean, we talked about... This is gonna go up before our Prestige episode. We're yeah. trying to, like, bank up some Which episodes. Which we weirdly made an Austin Powers joke in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the Prestige, there's that bit where it's, like... Christian Bale comes up with the most insane, most brilliant magic trick anybody's ever come up with, and nobody knows how he does it. It's by all means supposed to be, like, this insane, like, feat of sleight of hand or whatever. It's, like, incredible. Mm -hmm. But it's the transported man. He, like, goes in one door and comes out the other door, and nobody in the world knows how he does it. But he talks about how it's, like, he doesn't, he's not presenting it right. Like, people don't get it yeah yeah. <laughs> like they don't understand why it's so cool yeah, you know he just like does it and they're like oh he did it <laughs> right and there's something um i've been watching silicon valley also i've been getting the most out of our hbo subscription yeah but there's a whole bit in silicon valley too where they're like i created this program it's this like compression algorithm and it's this whole thing where it's like you can basically use your phone as a storage space to be a part of like an entire network of smartphones so that mm-hmm. when you upload a picture, it breaks it up into a thousand tiny pieces and stores it on different people's phones all over the world. And you can access it at any time. So you basically have infinite storage space mm-hmm. is like the idea of it. Um, but when they roll it out, they're like, here's this thing. You never have to worry about anything ever again. Like people just don't like get it. Like they don't understand it. Like it's the coolest, most revolutionary thing in the world in like the tech world for like people who know what it is and yeah. know how to use it and understand it. But when you just like try to give it out to people, nobody really wants it because they don't like understand why it's yeah. cool yet. Well, it's you like, know. I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of, like Mike Myers and like 
<laughs> I'm thinking like Mike Myers and like and like Jason from like Freddy. You always Friday the say the opposite. You call Mike Myers Michael Myers, and you call Michael Myers <laughs> Mike Myers. Because I've never. No one's really told me which is which because Shrek they is, both existed no. after <laughs> I was an adult. No one has ever referred to Shrek as anything other than Mike Myers. Okay, Michael Myers is the guy with the mask. Michael Myers has the William anyway, Shatner I'm mask. Anyway, I'm thinking of like Michael Myers and like Friday the 13th. Like those kind of stories where it's like a man who's just like, he's like, there's two elements of both those stories where it's like, it's a man who's basically stalking you and that's horrifying for the modern woman. And then there's, like, the murdering you, like, when you're, like, most defenseless. And that's, like, those are, like, the two, like, big themes of both of those movies. Right. It's, like, would those two concepts be scary to somebody in the 20s? Like, right. Like, is that just, like, a universal thing? Or would they be, like, it's just a guy who comes and kills you? Why is that scary? That, <laughs> right. that big ape is scary <laughs> because, like, that doesn't make any... What is it that? Speaks it speaks to my... Yeah. To my societal anxiety yeah exactly but way. then you show us like the big monkey and we're like oh it's a big monkey it's a, yeah that sure is a big monkey that sure is a big monkey and they're like scared and i'm like that's just a monkey they were scared of the regular monkeys like they were like <laughs> right. gorillas were like unstoppable murder machines and yeah now we're like look at the gorilla yeah look at him. you want to know what movie rips actually what? is king kong the original the original king kong did okay. you watch it that one time yes i did watch it with yeah that it rules yeah. <laughs> like with all the stop motion dinosaurs and shit yeah. and the score is uh, my, super cool my favorite part of the movie besides all the racist bullshit yeah is the part where <laughs> that's my favorite part of it go it's on racist bullshit. yes <laughs> no it's where they're like on it's like the adventurers like they find king kong and they're like running away from him and they all get on the log, and then, like, King Kong, like, to get over, like, a chasm, and then King Kong, like, shakes the log. And it's, like, this really cool, of like, live action, like, on top of, like, the stop motion, right. like, the way they la- layer the film is really cool. But he, like, he shakes the log, and then all the guys, like, fall into the chasm. But what they do is they just take this shot of a canyon, and they just, like, drop dummies from <laughs> right, the top yeah. of the hole. But so these dummies just fall and just, like, land in these, like, terrible positions. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know it's a dummy, but still, when that dummy's head hits, hits a rock, rock you're yeah. still like, ooh. King Kong was the Mission Impossible fallout of its day. It was. It really was. <laughs> um, so Austin Powers. Yeah. Let's just name some bits that are funny. Hold on real quick. I'm okay. about King Kong one more time. <laughs> okay. My favorite thing about King Kong is when he's on top of the build, the big building. You know the one. The big right. the big building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets shot. And then he falls off of the building. And then they like deal with it after that. Right. But I, was, I just... What would they do if he didn't fall off the building? If he just stayed up there? If he just stayed up there. <laughs> he just slumped over against the Empire State Building? Yeah, I feel he, like he would fall. <laughs> I don't but, know. But like, he would just... There, there he is forever, next <laughs> to big mean, monkey skeleton. They'd probably get a crane and get him down. No, it's the tallest building ever, Jackson. How are they going <laughs> to get him down? Then how'd they build it, Adeline? <laughs> <laughs> aliens. <laughs> we don't have tools well, to make things that high. Aliens had to do it, Jackson. Um, in Austin Powers. Yes. I like it when... Uh, <laughs> they he goes into the like MI6 headquarters and they're like we, we'd like to show you something Austin and it should go like it pans over and there's like a toothbrush and toothpaste and floss and he's yeah. like oh I see the toothpaste is actually an explosive device and they're like no you need to brush your teeth yeah. <laughs> that's very funny to me yeah, yeah, that's very good and then the next shot that he's and he's like smiling but like with his mouth closed <laughs> yeah. it's very good he's like trying to hide his teeth and he like slowly starts to get more self-conscious about his teeth yeah. like the... well it's kind of 
funny is that when he does get to the 90s and they're, like, in Las Vegas at the casino, and he's just, like, talking to people the way that Austin Powers does, he's like, hey, there you are! And he's like, do I know you? And he's like, no, but there you are! And he, like, <laughs> yeah. walks away, he's Austin Powers, and still, nobody's calling him out on it yet, everyone's still pretty <laughs> right. much on board. But then that scene where he said, because Vanessa's like, you slept with another woman and I don't like that. And he's like, right. what, what? And he, like, gets, like, caught up on, like, what happened over the past decade. Kind of right. like Captain America does. Right. But <laughs> and then he, like, goes to the bar and there's, like, the two, like, young men and hot women. And he, like, gives them the peace sign. And they're like, <laughs> the peace sign. And he, like, looks all offended. And they high-five each other. Yeah. Like, got him. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and the girls are like, you're so funny. Oh, you want to know what I actually kind of like? I mean, I feel like this is almost in the same vein as that, like, weird consent scene. Yeah. Where um, Austin Powers does the strip tease and is so hot that he explodes all those femme robots' brains. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> um, but, like, right afterwards, there's, like, all these scantily clad women, like, lying on the ground. And then Vanessa comes in and is like, oh, like, did you... <laughs> fuck these women to death, I guess? <laughs> Again? Um, but, and he's like, no, it's not what it seems like. You have to understand, here's what happened. And then she's just like, I believe you. <laughs> and they, like, yeah. go on. It's, like, weirdly kind of sweet. And you're like, yeah. oh, nice. They, like, have a relationship with each other and they yeah. trust each other. Oh, and it, nice. it feels like the same thing. It feels like they're just, like, going out of their way to, like, comedically subvert, like, what you think it's going to be. And it's, like, yeah. the joke is that it's kind of like a real person yeah. would act. It's not James Bond and pussy galore. It's actually <laughs> right. a real human interaction. Um, but like it, it weirdly in a time when those aren't the conversations we're having and in a time when those aren't the particular things we're like trying as a society to like subvert, you know, yeah. it feels weirdly prescient of like where movies are going, <laughs> you yeah. know, even though it's, a joke yeah. at the time. That, there's several parts that's like, I feel like you meant for this to be a joke, but it's just like an actual statement. Yeah. And like, I don't know <laughs> right, yeah. what you want from me, Aston Powers. <laughs> well, and speaking to the striptease, that scene where he's going to, to have sex with a lot of vagina. What's her name? <laughs> yeah, a lot of vagina. A lot of vagina. And she like does like that super like sexy striptease like behind the screen door and then she like gets <laughs> yeah. in the hot tub and Austin pa- and she's like, take your clothes off, Austin. And he's like <laughs> yeah. struggling like with his tie and he's like yeah. pulling his shirt like over his head. It's really <laughs> like, funny. Taking a dress shirt off like without unbuttoning it in like yeah. the least sexy way possible. <laughs> he's like got it like stuck over his head with like his back to her. <laughs> and I love the moment where he's like watching the a lot of vagina get undressed, yeah. And she, he like sees the silhouette, and they're like taking her bra off and whatever. And he's like, ah, ah, oh god, like sweating and like yeah. oh fidgeting around, like oh he's so aroused. And then she like opens the door in the robe, and he's just like, she's just like, come in. And he's like, oh who me? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really funny. Too. I also love it when she like does that sexy silhouette thing, and then she opens the door, and she looks nothing like the silhouette that we just saw. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well. It's pretty good. How did you get into a robe and change your hair in the 0.5 seconds since you opened the door? <laughs> it's pretty, you know what? Good movie. I'll <laughs> um, A lot of thought went into design. But yeah, and I, I don't think we're going to ever do any of the other ones. Yeah, so I want to know that the second one is funnier. <laughs> yeah, the second one I think is funnier, even though there's a lot of stuff that doesn't hold up like socially as yeah. well. Um, the second one is like so much goofier and so much weirdly character based. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> they just Mike got Myers, more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, Mike Myers plays like four characters instead yeah. of two. <laughs> um, but like in the second one, like the whole bit with Mini Me, 
always makes me feel weird. Yeah. Because there's nothing, like, explicitly... Bad. Gross about it, yeah. but it's just like... It's just kind of exploiting a little person. Yeah, it's just kind of the... It's just relying on the fact that he is a little person to be funny, and you're like, I guess. Um, but like, <laughs> it's also... Got paid, I guess. Like, yeah. Um... So, yeah, it's like, eh. but then at the same time, there's that bit where he gets in a fight with Mini-Me yeah. in the space station, and then at a certain point, they cut to another shot, and it's just a dummy that's, like, a foot and a half tall, and he yeah. starts, like, swinging it around and, yeah. like, smacking it against stuff, which is <laughs> pretty, pretty funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> it gets me. It's... <laughs> But yeah, and there's like, I'm trying to remember like what else. I don't remember who said this or if it's just a thing that people say. It's like, if you're going to be offensive, at least be funny. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes that's a terrible thing to say and I hate right. it. But then other times I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, I'm right. kind of uncomfortable with the whole setup of that joke. But like when it pays off and it's actually funny, I'm yeah. like, okay, okay. Well, that's the thing is like, the joke can't just be that it's offensive. Yeah. Sometimes there are times when it's like something offensive leads into a joke like yeah. a real joke that is funny for a reason besides wouldn't it be so funny if we said something racist yeah. <laughs> you know um and like that's kind of how I, it's kind of how i feel about the the gag in my spy that we talked about last week oh yeah where the guy is like oh ha ha, ha i'm so gay and it's like and that's my husband he's a therapist and he's like hey yeah. <laughs> like that's really funny yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's a weird it's a weird setup i'm not a whole, totally comfortable with but it's a, funny. it's a good bit. I gotta yeah. give it to him. Good bit. Um, but yeah, the second one is also the one that introduces Fat Bastard. Yeah. Which, which is, is, like, so weird. Because I don't be, get that character at all. Because you're like, oh, well, it's like, okay, so it's still, when did that movie come out? Is it late 90s? It was, like, 99, I Yeah, think. so it's like, okay, so it's 90s. So we're very, very fat phobic still. <laughs> so it's like, is that the joke? Is the joke that he's just fat and he's gross? No, that's not the joke. <laughs> yeah. The joke is that he's fat and gross and also, he's Scottish. Yes, just for no just, particular he's just reason. Scottish. And then number three, he's like an inhuman monster that eats babies. <laughs> eats babies it's another yeah. level. So you're he's, like, okay. If you're not familiar with it, if you ever heard somebody say, "Get in my belly." He says that like 40 times over the course yeah. of the movie. He's just this big, horrifying fat man who stomps around and is always looking for babies to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. This isn't like based on an observation no. of a kind of person it's not like satirizing anything in particular no. it's just like at least i hope not. Yeah, it's just like what is this like it's really funny most yeah. of the time because like yeah because it's like it's not fat phobia because there's so many different layers going <laughs> yeah. on the joke isn't really about the fatness the no, joke is more about just like a monster <laughs> yeah it's so weird I'm trying to remember what else. That's the one... I think it just takes place in the 60s, doesn't it? Yeah, because they go back in time, because don't ask questions. Oh, that's right, yeah. And they have a totally different kid play his son in that movie, <laughs> Right. he's got, yeah. like, black hair or whatever. I was going to say, because then, in the third one, isn't it um, the kid from Princess Bride? Um, Buttercup. Something Savage. Fred? Fred Savage, yeah. Because I think Fred Savage is... Scott Evil in the third one. I think yeah. there's a different person. <laughs> or maybe Fred Savage is somebody else. I haven't seen the third one. I haven't seen the third one. Everybody movie. says it's not funny. Yeah. Um, but it has Beyonce in it, so um. you have to stand a woke queen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing... Oh, I can't even remember. What's the one where it's the model and it's the face? Which one is that one? The comedy movie. Ben Stiller. 
Oh, Zoolander. Zoolander. I remember seeing Zoolander 2 in theaters, because I feel like Zoolander was very much like Austin Powers. It's yeah. the same kind of, like, choreographed comedy. Yeah. And, like, Zoolander's hilarious. Zoolander's, Zoolander's so funny, when they're all with the gasoline in the cars. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I remember we saw Zoolander 2 opening day in yeah, theaters, which was the same day that Deadpool came out. <laughs> we, made, we made our choice. And we very much bet on the wrong horse. Yeah. And it's like, it, I remember watching that theaters... I can't tell you a joke from that movie, except there's a part where he's, like, on a roof, and he's like, what am I gonna do with my life? And then, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson is just, like, on another roof, and he's like, space. And Zoolander's like, I'm going, I'm dealing with my emotions, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And, like, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I think he says, I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, bitch. Yeah. And you're like, that was not really a joke as much as it is, like, you know that guy from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, still it kind of works. You know, Tyson, uh, he does science, and he's kind of an asshole, but we all think he's really funny for some reason. Yeah. Well, that was before we thought he was an asshole. That's fair. That was in, that was in the honeymoon phase with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Where he before. was still just funny science man. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, it was either Thomas Middleditch or Kyle Mooney plays like this young millennial fashion designer in it at one point yeah who's just constantly like oh no oh that sucks it's the worst i love it it's so good i hate it (laughs) (laughs) and everyone's like uh so you don't it's like no 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 no. it sucks no it's horrible that's why it's so great i love it (laughs) and everyone's like i don't i don't get it you do know they're calling you well yeah exactly (laughs) no yeah that's why it's so funny because it's true like it's me that was like the one bit i remember being like that's like a really funny observation yeah Yeah. um but yeah no still though not a not a great movie overall yeah (laughs) that movie functions basically entirely on the backs of celebrity cameos oh yeah oh yeah um dude i think Who's the fashion designer or the makeup artist with the long hair that we're all canceling right now? What's his I name? Don't, I don't know. I think he's in that movie. Or oh, wait. Do you mean Jeffree Star? Yeah. Are you thinking of the androgynous character that Benedict Cumberbatch plays in that Probably. movie? Probably. It looks Put like two Jeffree pictures Star. of them together. I swan to John. <laughs> I, think... I thought that was Jeffree Star. <laughs> Hold on. Zoolander to Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you put the white hair on that, that's Jeffree Star. And that's a joke that is not, doesn't really hold up either. You know. He's, and he's just like, oh, I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. I remember what his name is, but he's just like, I'm neither male nor female. And they're like, that sounds stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, anyone who's non-binary. Yeah. Um, so anyway, good movie. Uh, Zoolander 2, go see it with your friends in theaters <laughs> no, now. No, go see Zoolander. Zoolander's so good. Zoolander's great. Um, it's the Austin Powers of our generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of. Well, kind of the last generation. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> the last generation. Yeah. And, but yeah, no, I think it's just when we're talking about, like, modern comedies, like, the things that, like, really made them what they are now are, like, Talladega Nights and Step Brothers and Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> like, those are all movies... That and star Will Ferrell. Well, yeah, but they're yeah. the, like, Adam McKay, Will Ferrell movies where it's just, like, you know, we've got, like, a story and it kind of, like, works in its own kind of way. But, like, mostly the jokes are just, like, 
Let's get Will Ferrell and John C. Riley to sit down at the dinner table and like see what happens, see if it's funny. Yeah, and, and it is. <laughs> it, it is funny. It's really funny. And there's that bit where the little kid <laughs> says he's gonna come at you like a spider monkey. Yeah. It's really good. I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. This is this has been our bit called "Let's just say lines that are funny from comedy from movies." But and like, be, those movies work so well. First of all, just because they have ideas behind them, as well as just being based around like dialogue, improvisational, sort of deadpan comedy, you yeah. know. But it's like that becomes the only. It's illegal to make a movie that's not that exact yeah. style of comedy right now. Yeah. Um, unless you're gonna make like a prestige comedy about the old times <laughs> i don't <right>. know <laughs> like a weird period piece or something yeah like, um but even but that's those aren't studio movies those are like indie that's movies that's also fair i mean like would you would you consider little women to be a comedy or is it just a drama that has um, comedic accents i don't think it's a, i don't think it's really a comedy at all yeah. i mean it's not like dour yeah I was trying to look at my list of 2019 movies from Letterboxd. I just Googled 2019. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Why am I... Okay. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I keep thinking if I just Google... Looking for something on my own personal profile on Letterboxd, if I just Google <laughs> Letterboxd 2019, it'll pop right up. <laughs> I'm just trying to look at, like, last year, like, what the comedies that I saw were. Yeah. Uh, oh, Booksmart was great. But even still, that's mostly kind of an Adam McKay dialogue-driven. Yeah. There is that, like, stop-motion sequence, which I don't think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a very much just, like, improvisational sort of behavioral comedy. But it's also, like, really about something, so it's, like, kind of an elevated version of that. Yeah. I mean, what's weird about using stop-motion in comedy is that it, it provides an effect that immediately makes the audience uncomfortable because right. it's stop-motion out of reality and it, it's kind of uncanny valley. And that's, right. that's the appeal of stop-motion. But understand that in that sequence, anytime you make a joke, the audience isn't going to make think it's funny because we're too busy being uncomfortable <laughs> with the fact that it's yeah. stop-motion all of a sudden. Um, so yeah, there, here are the three kinds of comedy movies you can make right now. Yes. The kind I described. Yes. Uh, you can make like an Uncut Gems or a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where it's like kind of a thriller, kind of a comedy, like elevated genre defying sort of thing. Yeah. Or you can make a Jojo Rabbit, which is like a quirky twee period piece. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, other than that. What's the movie about the Boy Scouts that's in the girl and it's the guy who did Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, the Wes Anderson movie, Moonrise Kingdom? Yeah. Wes Anderson's kind of his own thing, though. That's also fair. But I, but that's the thing. is like the other kind of comedy you can make is doing a Wes Anderson movie, which yeah, is kind of yeah, what yeah. Jojo Rabbit is. Yeah, <laughs> Wes Anderson movie. Um, let me just look through. Art of Self-Defense is sort of one of those genre, whatever. Long Shot is pretty good. It's like a romantic comedy. Which you're also not allowed to make, but Longshot's kind of the exception. Yeah. Well, they if you broke make... they broke the law and mo- made a romantic comedy for Longshot. Well, if you make a romantic comedy, you just have to know that nobody's gonna see it. <laughs> right? Yeah. That no one's showing up. For and that's it. the thing is that like, because uh, even The Big Sick, yeah, which is the best movie ever, mm-hmm. great number one, greatest movie ever made, uh, like was like kind of successful. And it, like, made some money, and it's, like, a well-regarded movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, romantic comedies used to be, like, full-on blockbusters. Oh, like, if yeah. you've got, like, a Sleepless in Seattle or a You've Got Mail, 
Like, that would be in, like, number one at the box office for, like, six weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and nowadays, it's, like, one that does really well. It's like, oh, yeah, like, Kamel Nanjiani is kind of an up-and-coming star. And it's like, this one's actually really good. And, like, you know, it made $20 million. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're like, all right, I'll take it. Because, yeah, um, yeah, Long Shot's good. It's just, like, what if... It's fun because it's just, like, a romantic comedy. I like... I like modern romantic comedies because, I mean, like, intelligent ones. Yeah. Because it's, like, forced... They're kind of forced to be intelligent about how they do it. Yeah. And that is, like, always cool and interesting to me. Yeah, if you're not making a statement about it, no one's gonna show up. Yeah. Because we've seen... 12,000 <laughs> right. comedies, so you've got to be doing something or we're not yeah. going to show up. And it's like genuine comedies where the, or genuine romance stories where the couple is like, has a real relationship and respect each other and the drama doesn't come from them just being mean to each other or misunderstanding each other. Or not communicating. Yeah. Is, that's like probably my favorite genre of movie. That's yeah. why I love Toy Story 4 so much. Because yeah. <laughs> that's basically what that is. Yeah. Like, I love romances that are just, like, genuine and real and sweet. And Game Night, too. Yeah. Because it's not... The movie's just about a married couple. Yeah. And, like, the the conflict isn't about their relationship. I mean, there's kind of a B-plot where they talk about whether they want to have a kid or not. Mm-hmm. But that's not, like, what the movie's about. And it's just, like, it rules. I like it a lot. Oh, you can make a superhero comedy also. You can also. You can make a Guardians of the Galaxy or a Shazam. Or Shazam. Uh, I feel like Good Boys is like that, it's the raunchy comedy. Yeah. Humor, the, the twisted humor. Yeah. Because, Which and there, there is... a lot of recently. I think yeah. we're kind of done with that. <laughs> well, no, Good Boys is more in the line of like, with like, Blockers and Booksmart and Big Mouth, where it's like, woke sex comedies. Yeah. Where it's like, we're telling these like, coming-of-age stories about like, teens and preteens. Yeah. But it's like, told very much through the perspective of like, the 21st century and how we deal with sexual politics. And yeah. It's kind of simultaneously about why that's important, but also why that's like, three times more confusing for kids to have to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> um, because like, I don't know, like, the sort of, at least for Blockers and Big Mouth and Big Good Boys, kind of, mm-hmm. sort of the thesis of that is, like, you start having to engage with, like, the politics of sex before you have to even engage with sex. Sex, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, mm-hmm. like, by the time you even hit puberty, you probably already have so many hang-ups. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, like, so hard to, like go through puberty now more than ever is yeah. basically the 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 thesis statement of those things and i love all that stuff i think that's great too um or cats you can make dumbo or you can make dumbo <laughs> or, or you can give somebody a robot hand or men in black international the worst movie ever made <laughs> god everybody was so ready when they're like we got men in black with chris hemsworth and, and Tessa Thompson. And Tessa Thompson. We were all like, oh, fuck, they were so good. They had such a good rapport in Ragnarok. Yeah. Hell yeah. That, that was so, so excited. Good. And the trailer ripped. The yeah. trailer was so good. I don't trust trailers anymore, <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about just, like, a good trailer standing on its own for being a good trailer. Well, yeah, well like, I mean, the Suicide Squad trailer. <laughs> yeah, Suicide Squad trailer Rips. was great. Men in Black International trailer was great. Godzilla King of Monsters trailer was great. It just doesn't give a rip. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. Like, those trailers ruled. Like, all the hell, I'll sit down and watch those trailers, no problem. But yeah. you couldn't pay me. Oh, I didn't dude. even finish Man in Black or International. The, or Captain Marvel, not Mrs. Marvel. Which Marvel? Captain Marvel, Captain yeah. Captain Marvel. Again, that's not my fault. <laughs> okay. they, they set up that tiger trap. Anyway, the Captain Marvel... Uh, trailer fucking rip. It was pretty good. I was like, I didn't like, think that was as good as the other ones I named, but well, because I just like that movie. Like when I like heard about like what the movie was like actually about after seeing that trailer, I was like, oh, I wanted it to be more like the trailer where we're doing a whole bunch of like <laughs> right. cool time stuff. I wanted that to be it. It's just like, oh, she just says never memory. I was like, oh, this is my this is my bottom of the list. Did you really not like Annabelle that much? It was just so nothing yeah it's just Anna- like exactly what you thought yeah annabelle be. 3 because look i don't like go out of my way to see movies i think i'm gonna hate very often yeah so like in terms of all the movies that came out in 2019 annabelle 3 was fine yeah. but it ends up in my bottom five because i didn't go out of my way to see eight other shitty movies that i knew i wasn't gonna like you did go you know? out of your way to see cats and you did put that above that but that's <laughs> but that's different that though different. because i thought i would enjoy that yeah um, cause yeah, like I put it, I, I could probably put Annabelle above Lion King, but like both of those movies are just like, yeah, sure. Like fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like that was, you did it. You I mean, I'm not, I'm not angry about it, I guess. <laughs> and then like the only things I had below Annabelle were Hellboy, Velvet Buzzsaw and Men in Black International. Velvet Buzzsaw just made me mad because there was absolutely nothing interesting about it. What, did, what was... I haven't even heard of that It movie. was that Netflix movie where it was this weird sort of horror movie set in, like, the prestige art world in Los Angeles. Yeah. Where people are... in like, all these big horror set pieces are, like, built around, like, sculptures in modern art museums and oh, stuff. Dope. And I was like... And it had Jake Gyllenhaal in it and John Malkovich and Billy Magnuson. And it was just the most boring movie I've ever Aww, seen. come on. Like, the only thing that was cool about it is that when they were in the galleries, there was some cool art around. Yeah. And I was okay. like, that's some cool art. But then, like, every other part of the movie was boring. I'm always so upset when people don't go ape shit when I want them to go ape shit. Like, they're like, oh, <laughs> right. like, oh, we have this really cool idea. It's like, oh, we'll just, you know, we'll just send them talking and send them and we'll finish. Yeah. Them. It's like, no, just go fucking ape shit. I don't care <laughs> yeah. if you lose some people because you're going ape shit. Just yeah. go, ape, go ape in your mouth. <laughs> the trailer for that movie was like, it's a horror movie. It's about modern art sculptures killing people, and Jake Gyllenhaal plays a bisexual art critic. And it's like, like, fuck yes. That sounds like the best movie ever. Please go ancient. <laughs> yeah. Please. And then it was boring and bad and not good. Um. Anyway, we've hit our quota. Yeah. Depending like, on how much I, I actually say, cut out. I always say, like, I love, I love, love, love when movies, like, make choices when they make like aesthetic or visual or like story like choices like they yeah. like put their foot in the sand like we're gonna do we're gonna commit to going all the way on this idea right i love that so much in an era of like production meddling and all that stuff i <laughs> right. love it like when we're gonna like we don't care if we're alienating a part of our audience like we have a vision and we're gonna commit to it and we're gonna do it i'm like fuck yes right so when there's like evidence of like obviously somebody did that didn't do that i'm just like fuck you <laughs> right you could have yeah. gone ape shit and you didn't <laughs> you didn't go ape shit. Yeah. uh so adeline yes final thoughts on austin powers it's pretty, it holds up, it's pretty It's funny. pretty good. I never, like, laughed out loud, but, like, I was entertained the whole time. Yeah. I got a few, like, chortles. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what, what I think the funniest part is. Oh, the funniest part's when he's doing the K-turn in the hallway with the go-kart. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really funny. It's so good. <laughs> Where he goes to turn around, he bumps into the wall, yeah. and he backs up and bumps into the wall. 
And it's like, it's so funny that it's not, like, repetitive. Like, he starts doing it, but he just, like, he really feels like Mike Myers in real life trying to pull this off. And there's a certain point where he, like, goes too fast and, like, hits the wall and he's like, oh, whoops. And then he, like, starts going again. There's a certain point where he forgets to put it in reverse and just lurches forward again and hits the wall. It's so funny. And then they come back to that scene later and the car is just, like, still stuck in the hallway. like, sideways, horizontal in the hallway. It's really funny. That's the best part of Austin Powers. Um, okay, Adeline, do you want to hear a one-star review of Austin Powers? I do. Okay. So this person on Letterboxd gave Austin Powers one star. Yes. And they said, Forgot I watched this. So bad. It makes my fingernails hurt thinking about how this became such a cult classic. It's just so painfully unfunny. Please, for the love of Judas, just watch The Naked Gun or something. Keep yourself regular. Oh, I hate this person. I'm st- I can't figure out it makes my fingernails hurt. I don't know what that's about. I, do you have an iron deficiency? <laughs> anyway, okay, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Ellie McMurray. And this has been Nerds Aloud's 69th episode extravaganza. 69, 69. This only happens once every 100 years. You guys better appreciate it. 69. God, fucking... Wow. <laughs> I know. This is the person who draws the upside down cross the circle. Yeah. Like, oh, Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. This is this is a pretty a pretty androgynous stereotype. Yeah, no. <laughs>